Welcome to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast, where we discuss all things human design and how it can support you and your spiritual journey. This is not a one-size-fits-all podcast. We are here to inspire awareness about how we are all different and help you answer the questions of who am I? What am I here to do? How am I here to do it? You can thrive and live the life of your dreams just by having awareness of your true self. So dive deep with us, get inspired, and start living your life on purpose. Hello, and welcome back to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast with your hosts, Shayna and Dana. We are so excited for this episode today. We had Deborah Silverman come back onto our podcast. And for those of you who remember, we had her back in December on the podcast, and we love the conversation so much. So many of you reached out just saying how much you loved her and her wisdom. And this episode is all about climate change and it does not disappoint. She dropped some major knowledge bombs and um, truth bombs, I should say. And she really just blew us away. This is honestly a conversation I feel that changed my life um, because it was just so profound. So a little bit about Deborah. For those of you who don't know, she is a celebrity astrologer and psychologist, and she really combines her expertise in esoteric soul-centered astrology with her extensive education in psychology to help those going through major life changes, especially in crisis. So she custom designs her therapeutic approach to each individual using astrology and psychology as a magical healing combination. So she really is a guide into this new paradigm. And we talk about that in this episode. So I just can't wait for you all to listen because we are truly blown away. Okay. And without further ado, let's welcome on Deborah Silverman. Once again, welcome back to the podcast. We're so excited to have you back. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful because I kept thinking over and over again about what you said. And I said to you during the session, during our interview, that no, I don't ever get interviewed about my chart ever, ever. Remember I said that? Yeah. Yeah. And I left going, I couldn't remember if she said freak genius or genius freak, but I was like, (laughs) I don't know if that's a compliment. Was that a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah, we absolutely love the Genius Freak channel. So it's always special for us when we get to meet someone who has it. It's definitely one of our most favorite energies that someone has. And it's such a good thing. People who have Genius Freak energy are visionaries. They can see the future in this very like spiritually connected, emotionally grounded way that other people can't. So your genius lies in your spiritual ability and your visionary quality. And the freak side is if you share your genius ideas with people before they're ready or in a way that's confusing, people can just write you off and be like, whatever, that was a freak thing to say. I have no idea what she's talking about. But when you share it in a grounded way with people who are ready, people really celebrate your genius and need you to lead us into a better future. So hearing that, does that resonate with you? Well, when I was a kid, I think I told you this, or maybe not, but I went to graduate school and I wanted to do astrology. And I was getting a master's in clinical psychology. And the lady was like, what? Like as if I was talking another, I was, why, why is that so confusing? Astrology and the psychology are best friends. Like, think about it. It's a discovery of your inner yeah. world and being able to, na- like, what was the confusing part? And she was not very friendly. And I had to like <laughs> convince, I had to, it took me a while. She was my supervisor and she was from Harvard and she was all intellectual. So yes, I bumped into that very young. All everywhere I went, people were like, you're a what? A freak genius. I, now I'm going to tell them. Don't judge me. I have 23 to 43. Is that right? Yeah. 40, yeah. 43. yeah. Oh, you got it. <clears throat> so if that's yes. true, and then genius. Yeah, genius comes first because you owning your genius will kind of. Um, let the freak side go, if that makes sense. Like the freak side becomes part of your zest, part of your magic that kind of pulls people into your, like leading them into this better future and that visionary side of this. So the genius always comes first, but it starts with owning yourself and saying like, okay, you know what? My insights are genius. They are ahead of the curve. 
And let me really simplify them and ground them down so that way people can get on board. So it's, why, it's let's put a we bunch love of us the in genius one room. side. I want to have, why can't we get a bunch of yeah. people with the same? <laughs> oh my God, would that be cool? Because yeah. it's not easy. That would be I so mean, cool. It's, it's definitely entertaining, but it's not an easy thing to carry, especially what we're about to talk about today. Because I always feel like I'm, yeah. I'm like, I'm the one in the room that's like, the emperor's balls are hanging out. Like they're like, shh, Deborah, why do you talk about that? Because he's walking across <laughs> naked and everyone's pretending. And I all I see is like, ooh. And then I say it. And sometimes they pay me a lot of money to say it. And sometimes I lose a lot of friends. It's not fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And even just hearing your story about wanting to study what you've studied, um, imagine if you weren't confident in yourself and when they questioned you, you said, okay, never mind. Then I'm just going to put it down. If you did that, you wouldn't be teaching all of the amazing things that you're teaching. And in a way yeah. that's so simplified where people can really learn from you and can really receive what you have to share. Like you're so gifted at taking something that's so complex and really delivering it to people in a way that they can digest. So imagine if you didn't have that inner confidence, that inner soul yeah. voice that was telling so where you does like, that come this from? is important this is what i'm here to share She's well that's you chart. right so well because i do it my astrology i have a lot of fire mm -hmm. which is confidence yeah. in astrology yeah. the, the element yeah. of water is where confidence falls apart because people that are super watery mm -hmm. live inside a, a highly sensitive zone that says i never want to impose i never want to hurt and so i'm going to withdraw and freeze and then the air people get so confused. They're like, I don't even know what I was talking about. Don't listen to me. They, they undervalue themselves and they speak in funny terms like deflective because they don't want to get the weirdo. And the earth people are like, that's not even practical. We're not even going to talk about that. That's just the stupidest conversation. And then the fire people are the ones that really get in trouble. This is where I am. This is the confidence you're addressing where they tell me, no, you can't do it. And then I go, oh, really? Watch this. So to your point, mm, yeah. in astrology terms, that kind of personality type is vulnerable dependent on their elemental construction, which is my book, The Missing Element. Like this is the simplest version of astrology is I have excessive fire. You probably can't tell. So I get so excited. And if someone tells me no, I just have to, I scream at them. Like, you can't excuse me. How dare you tell me? Whereas a water person's like, oh, and they go in their room. And the air person starts talking, yeah, talking, talking, trying to convince them. Blah, 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 blah. Like, this is just going to go nowhere because the two of you are going to end up having a debate about details that will lose the point. And the earth person isn't even interested. The earth person's like, are you kidding me? You told me no. The rules say no. I'm done. <sighs> Aww. <laughs> yeah. I love I love it because it's so interesting when we look at a human design chart, we're looking at all these different places. And as you're speaking, it's like your confidence if in a human design perspective comes from your completely unopen, uh, I mean, open ego center with no gates, which the highest expression is full confidence, nothing to prove. This is who I am. I'm inherently valued. I am inherently worthy. Don't tell me who I am, what I'm here to do. Um, and you have a super defined G center, sacral and throat, and it's all connected, um, straight up to that genius freak energy. So, so much of your direction in life and where you're going, your perseverance, your passion, your fire, um, is here to be a way shower for others. So that way it's once again, because this is in your North node, South nodes, this genius freak guiding people towards a better North future. Node, South but it's nodes, all coming from said? unediting wait, yourself. Wait, but, whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 yeah. whoa, Why are you talking astrology, you human design person? Yeah, so human design is really, you know, it has astrology in it. It's part of it. And I knew that, your North node gates are gate 43 and gate 23. Yeah. I so 23 okay, is your I am so done notes. with me. That was enough. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, mean, I have a, I have a healthy yes. ego, as you described. One of my centers is wide open. But And I want to talk about what matters most. Ready? Yes. Yeah. Okay. We would love that. So we want to talk all about climate change. You brought it up on our last podcast. We wanted to dive in then, but we knew it needed a whole episode of its own. So, um, so cool. I guess just kick us off with, okay. Yeah. Ready? What, why Ready? you and I didn't, and I kind wasn't of became prepared, so passionate. I'm, yeah. I'm excited that we're doing this. Okay. Number one, on my birthday this year, May 24th, I'm starting a podcast 
called the I Don't Believe in Astrology podcast, oh. but it's all based in the ecology. It's all based in the environment. And the very first interviewer, and this is how it started, is called Jeff Orlowski. And he wrote Chasing Coral and won the best documentary at Netflix mm. two years ago. And then yeah. last year he wrote Social Dilemma and won the best documentary again. Mm. Did you see Social Dilemma? Most people wow. saw that one. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So he's Both a director so and he's a writer. But the first film, Chasing Coral, it, when I watched that film, I was like, wait. I mean, everyone knows in their heart of hearts that something's wrong. And everyone knows that the pollution, the, the um, environment, the fires, the level of water levels, the, the heat, the temperatures, that we are all, there's nowhere on the planet that they're not having this effect. But what's true, and this is what I've discovered as a therapist, as I've gotten deeply into this rabbit hole, thank you, Jeff. I, when Jeff came over, I sweared at him. I was like, you have ruined me. Because I'm watching his film. you got to go watch Jason <laughs> Coral. It's, it's so disturbing. Yeah. And then I watched Choosing Earth, which is another free film that you guys can go and Google. And that was really helpful. That was with Joanne Macy, who's a futurist, Lynn Twist, and Jack, um, what's his last name? The guy that did Jack Kirkman, can't remember his name. But the point of that story is there's three very elderly beings who are in the film Choosing Earth and did it by itself as a free gift to say, echoing what Jeff said is, uh-oh, we are headed for a brick wall. Now, first I went into depression and I was a wreck. And I thought, wait. Am I the only, this is back to the freak, freak genius. Like, am I the only one that's paying attention to the numbers and the reality here? Because I just am getting really concerned. And then there's a book written by a man that's called Climate Cure. And his name is Jack Weber. So I went and interviewed him. He's also on the podcast. And he wrote a book about Climate Cure because he said, the only thing ready that we can really do is be emotionally capable to deal with what's coming. So I, whether you wow. stop eating meat, which is one variable, whether you stop using plastic, whether you start driving your bicycle, and whether you stop taking planes, there's a million things you can do. But here's the deal. If we are not emotionally confident, and this is what, and you tell me in human design why I have this, but I have one of those emotional capacities to cry for six months and be in despair and then come back to joy, to end a relationship and be brokenhearted and then come back to joy to find out the worst news in the world and come back to joy. Now, can you explain that in human design? Why do yes, I always come absolutely. back to joy? <laughs> oh, of course, of course they can. What is I that? <laughs> well, you have what we call an emotional wave and your specific emotional wave is all about provoking people to really feel the entire depth of the emotional spectrum. So absolute pain and despair all the way to ecstasy and joy and connection. And you're someone who's really designed to ride the wave between the two. And you're here to be a teacher of that, to provoke other people okay, to want to do that on, because so many ridiculous. of us. <laughs> How could that be? That's exactly true. Yeah. Yeah. I love it's it. Insane. And it's amazing to hear you say that because you are someone, you know, from our human design viewpoint, you are someone who's here to go on that journey and then to condition other people to see you, to teach people what that's like, to not be afraid to allow ourselves to feel that full spectrum. And I was thinking about this before we had this conversation about, um, you know, with what we teach in human design, I know that this is the lane that we're meant to be in. However, I also know that climate change is something that is affecting all of us, right? It's maybe the core issue because this is where we live and who we are is a part of this nature. And so I often think about what is the correlation between the work that we're doing with human design, the work that you're doing with astrology and climate change. And I think what you just shared of all of us being really emotionally ready to navigate that as our best selves, as our truest selves um, with maturity and love and connection, I believe that that is something that is extremely important. And without that key part of it, um, we'll all just kind of like fall apart and give up and not really feel empowered to, to navigate what's coming. Yeah, you could do the keynote. That was exactly, exactly right. And you know what the simple <laughs> thing, one of the simple things that I'm going to be teaching is friendship, which you two have. Because mm, at the end of the yeah. day, community and who you have sitting next to you as we enter into this, I mean, I don't want to go into the details. I am doing a talk on July 
15th, 16th, 17th in Boulder at the the Hanuman Festival. They asked me to do the keynote um, because they're doing an environmentally. It's on the 14th to the 17th in Boulder. And it is a yoga festival, interesting enough, which is one of the ways that we calm our nervous systems so that we can be emotionally stable. So the answer to your question about the astrology and why astrology and human design are so important is if the mind can receive the impression of neutrality or better known as trusting the design or having a higher level of consciousness, which is what human design is and what astrology is, look up, there is a reduction of the emotional weight because the single ingredient, the first... Um, ecosystem that's going to break is water. And what is, like, do you know this? This is such a bad fact I'm about to tell you. 85% of the coral in the world is dead. That ecosystem shot. It will be within the next 10 years that the effect of the ecosystem from water that is just one of many, because we know that the fire element brought to us by the carbon and the heat, but the water element is the first to go, which is interesting because we can't see it. Like if 85% of the trees were gone on earth, we would all be out of our minds. Can yeah, you imagine yeah, if you got up so and drove true. to work and you were like, yeah. why are all the... So we can't see it. It's so human. It's such a dilemma that the undercurrent in the underbelly of our existence suffers. And so there's lots of you watching this who suffer from depression or anxiety or fear or being lonely or living by yourselves or being with your kids and not knowing how to stress your emotional body into a calm. So all of that is water in our language. And the function of human design or astrology is to rise up out of that human experience. Not to say you don't feel it, because I practice crying every day. I'm not going to cry now. But I really make a practice Me too. to be authentic. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. really do. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then the mm -hmm. question is, Where's my observer? Where's the wisdom keeper? Where's my voice that can look over at this dilemma and face the music? Because this is the other crazy thing. Not only can we not see the water, but nobody wants to talk about this. That's why I was so excited. We have an inherent human dimension of the brain that says, when you hear death, walk the other way. And when you hear climate crisis, da 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 da, -da put your headset on. Yep, yeah. So there's an inherent dilemma that's built into the human psyche that's a bad design note, bad design, that doesn't have the muscle of the observer to be neutral enough and wise enough to say, can I be face to face with truth and be able to emotionally deal with the word death, change, transformation, destruction without going, <gasps> and the answer is no, there's very few of us that can. So why do we study human design and astrology to get the muscle to rise up, to turn on your observer? What is human design, but the highest level of the observer? You spend your whole life yeah. going, watching yeah. you, I'm watching you, I'm watching you. That's interesting. And then you, the two of you, I remember this, your husband's going, what is wrong with them? They get on the phone, they go, watching him, watching yeah. him, watching him. I, it's all the observer. So if yeah. I had one gift yeah. to all of us, let, let's do it right now. Take a breath. And just turn on your observer. Notice that you're listening to a podcast or you're sitting in a room listening to Deborah Silverman talk. And now just notice everything around you. Turn your observer onto a wider lens include the space that you're in. And now turn the observer on and see the back of your head, where your hair is hitting your shoulders and what you're wearing, the colors. Now turn your observer on in front of you and see yourself just like you were looking in a mirror. And then just come back to where you were sitting just a moment ago. So we just widened your awareness by simply taking yourself out of the direct experience of the consumption of myopathy. You know, we get so myopic. We look at ourselves and our story and we're, <laughs> and as soon as I take a breath, I increase my awareness, I neutralize. And that's how we're gonna deal with the crisis because until I can face the music, I'm not ready yet. In the next two or three years, here's how it goes astrologically. Right now, Saturn's in Aquarius. So for till the end of 2023, we're in this lovely little business as usual. We're talking about it, but we're all detached. No one's really at the effect of the fire. Some people, I have a friend who I'm helping out. No one's really at the effect of the the coral in Hawaii, they all tell you that the coral's dead, but there's still fish, a little less, not much. There's still a very detached, distant experience of this climate crisis. When Saturn goes into Pisces in 2023 to 2025, it's going to hit us emotionally. And there'll be this low, you mm. think people are depressed and anxious and feeling disoriented like, and they don't know where, here's how you orient during the Saturn and Pisces in two years announcement. 
you practice the observer, meditation, human design, astrology, any spiritual doorway you can find where you'll get the message, it's okay. As soon as you feel the calm that wow. rushes over you in meditation, as soon as your emotional body can find peace that you can actually practice through meditation, how do I stop the noise? That's going to be the only solution for the anxiety, the depression, and the unbelievable symptoms. of. And then get ready. Then 2025 to 2027, Saturn goes into Aries. And that's when the fires begin. So in Ooh. the meantime, what... <laughs> What we're doing right now is we're preparing, we're detached right now. We're doing podcasts galore. We're all social media freaks. We're all scrolling along. We're all studying this woo-woo shit. And now we don't have masks and we're so happy and so full of shit. And then it gets into Pisces and we go, I was feeling depressed during COVID, but now I'm scared. And when the fear factor increases, which is a good thing, those of you listening will say, oh, wait, I've been practicing human design. I've been learning about astrology. I know where my observer is. And you know how you know the observer's on? There's a little smile. It's kind of funny. And it's bizarre. And as soon as you're in the genius crazy zone, this place becomes a spiritual <laughs> mirage. It becomes a mirage. Yeah. And you begin to see that what matters the most is my best friends, my partner, my kid, the dog. Like, I love getting up in the morning and I get to hear the voice of those beings. That's what becomes the critical, crucial, sacred land of the people right next to you. But if they trigger you, <laughs> if your observer's not on and you have all this drama and stories and blah, 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 you are adding to the pollution, you are adding to the crisis, you are a climate problem. So the question I wanna ask everyone wow. is, what's the nature of my climate? Am I actually in balance? It's separate from the practical. We're not talking earth right now. Like, do I stop using plastic? Do I start riding a bike? Do I'm not interested right now in the practical because to be perfectly honest, only those activists who are prepared to do that should be doing that. The rest of you should be doing the water element, which is, can I find peace with myself, with my eyes closed? And then when I open my eyes, can I offer that peace, sustain it to what's his name or what's her name? If I can't, don't talk to me about spiritual spiritual shit and all these stupid scrolling where we read all this stuff. Wait, you know how often we're reading spiritual wisdom through that stupid game? But does it stick in your emotional body? Can you count on yourself to be quiet with yourself and at peace? Wow. Oh my gosh. I am like moved to tears just hearing you drop some fucking wisdom bombs i'm like just <laughs> beyond um i'm just beyond I'm, I'm literally speechless because one adding that mental chaos not being the observer being in the drama that adding pollution being a part of the climate problem oh my god i feel like i could talk about that for three years so i won't but um and then i just want to tap in with this timeline astrologically and hearing the the way things are shifting and with human design you know human design really preaches that in 2027 it's this new paradigm and a lot of things leading up to 2027 and then even beyond are crumbling and um burning and being shed and new things are rising um a rise in consciousness a rise in connection a rise in individual understanding and freedom and power becoming your own authority releasing the outside authorities of government and um my church is better than your church or my country is better than yours or whatever all of that is crumbling and what's rising is how can I be a unique, individual, empowered, aware being and be of connection and service with other individual, unique and aware beings? And so it's and that's 2027, right? So in human design, they talk a lot about how it takes seven years exactly to decondition right. and this this um, build up from 2020 to 2027 how there's going to be a lot of transformation and crumbling. So just even hearing you talk about Saturn and Pisces from 2023 to 2025, and then in Aries from 2025 to 2027. And like, I am just 
mind blown listening to you. Well, I think <laughs> and because I think I'm, human design and astrology are the same, aren't they? They're like best friends. Yeah, yeah, they are. They're best friends, and it's that emotional piece in hearing you talk. You know, I feel in my body energetically this tightness and this like fear pop up of like, okay, shit's gonna hit the fan. But then I feel this like deep, profound gratitude mm. of of ownership of self. And like it moves me to tears because it's so um why you are here. Inside me. It's inside it's so, me. So it's why and you it's are not here. Without yeah. This is why you are I this is why you're listening. Like, yeah. So anyone listening to this, we knew we were coming. And your kids that you're having who are the millennials having babies who talk to me and they're like, now that you told me that, they knew this was coming. We are actually alive, yeah. Shane, for this very reason. And yes, it should move you to tears. So it's really important. And I want to do a prayer here. May we all learn the mm. gift of open emotional fluidity. And when the pain comes, we ride the wave all the way to stillness. And at the end of the pain or at the end of the tears, there's a place that you land where you're being held and being watched and being reminded that this is why you're here. Every emotional wave is another opportunity to bring you home to the wisdom that is yours. May you all remember to find that place and rest there every chance you get. Mm, beautiful. I have gotten so, so good at practicing much. sitting there. I have been, my heart has been broken. I've just decided recently, well, it's a very small decision that I, well, I won. Yes, I know I'm writing a book in the next two years. As this comes on, I'm going to change my business role and I'm about to enter into, I've got an agent that approached me. And I decided that I would tell part of my story because I don't like, like you guys talk more about me. It makes me nervous. You, you talk more about me. I don't <laughs> like talking about me because I'm here for only we love you. It. We love talking about you. <laughs> well, I came here to help you and help us as a family return to what I was given as the gift of the teacher. So when the teacher has, so, but I recently decided because part of my emotional stability that I'm trying to, you know, share with you is because I've been heartbroken. You know, a husband mm -hmm. that died of a disease, a grandfather that was murdered, a son who dealt with so much dark, and I, and we all came up and out of it. But I don't like to use the grist for the mill as the answer. I just want to show like, but now I'm starting to think about the heartbreak that's happened in my life. One of the things maybe you can see this on my chart is people while they're my students and they're in love with me and they get this incredible rush and I'm a fire starter and their lives go into a totally different direction, at some point they get mad. At some point they turn around and they go, ew. Now, not all of them. There's people that have been with me since the beginning of time that are mafia. Like I've got a mafia of women around me and some men, <laughs> but there's these people who have turned on me. And even though I love them, they're still mad at me. And so I've just begun to learn that part of my emotional stability back to the climate crisis is when everything goes wrong and you can't make sense of it and there's nothing you can do to fix it. Where is the calm we just touched in that prayer that says, I can love you and I can love me. And whatever just happened was grist for the mill or it was a polishing process. And I'm sorry you got stopped there, but you can count on coming back to me and I will give you permission to say it. Forgive me. So that's my story. Personally, my climate crisis <laughs> is that yeah. I made some mess without even knowing I was doing it. Like there was some kind of dilemmas that have occurred, not all of them, but it is shocking. And I apologize. And this is the highest road for the climate crisis is we are going to look around at ourselves and go, did I do that? Did I use plastic every single day from morning till night? Did I drive a car made out of oil when I knew the oil was exactly the contaminating factor for the heating of the... Did I just fly somewhere because I wanted to go have fun not thinking for one second about the effect of the... Maybe I should... And then it's too much beer. Bing, ding, 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 ding. So then I have to come back to... I forgive myself for being human. 
I love the fact that this is an endless dialogue that you guys are having and that keeps us in our observer, that keeps us kind, and that this is the nature of this reality is we go down to come up, we make mistakes to be forgiven, we break our hearts to love again. I don't know who made this up. Yeah, that's how it goes. Wow, that yeah. is so that yeah. is so powerful. And I, I, as you're speaking, I really am getting this clear message that what we were talking about of people being so afraid of death, so afraid of the end of a cycle, so afraid of letting go, so afraid of being uncomfortable, so afraid of l- low emotions or painful emotions or heartbreaking emotions. If we can face those fears that we have, we really are invincible and we can create safety, uh, spiritual safety and connection, even in this time of physical unsafety. And I think that's important because wow. that feeling of feeling safe or not, I'm realizing is super important to me. And I didn't know that, you know, I really only awakened to that like a year ago, genuinely, like the feeling of being unsafe spiritually, physically, emotionally, and how important that is and how the more that you can meet your highest self and be connected to source and be connected to love to those people in your life, like you're talking about, you create this sense of safety that carries you through even those moments of darkness. And I notice all the time, you know, running this business with my best friend, um, there's moments where I feel triggered or afraid or unsafe, either financially or, you know, doing something that's maybe risky or you're putting yourself out there. And even just having a phone call together where we're like, oh, are we in this together? Instantly you feel safe because that love is so healing. Yeah, it's really powerful. So I, I, it's, I think it brings hope to feel, okay, what we're focusing on right now, keep going, go deeper. There is something that you can do. The most powerful thing you can do is that internal shift. Because I think often when I think about the plastic and the oil and all of the physical things, it can be so easy to feel that sense of just complete overwhelm and helplessness. Like I'm just one person, it's too late. There's nothing I can do. But when you're living in this space of like, there's something extremely important I can do in this internal sense that I can be empowered to shift right now in this moment, that's where things Mm. start to feel easier. And being millennials, Shane and I are both thinking of having kids soon. And we have definitely thought of, do we want to bring humans into a world that doesn't have clean water or, you know, clean food? Or also I live in the mountains in the summer where there's fire season every single summer for two months, there's fires and the smoke is, the air is toxic and you literally can't go outside. And it's like, do we want to continue? And it's so important to, I think, connect back to that place where you remember your soul came here at this time for a reason to be part of this shift. And your kids will choose also the time that they're born. And all of that, I think, is just this kind of spiritual safety that helps you move through these Mm. things instead of feeling just completely overwhelmed. That's so beautiful. You guys are so awake, little perky and perky. We're going to call you Mrs. and Mrs. Perky. <laughs> it's, so hel- it's so helpful for me to have someone be willing to hear you speak about that because it's really those fires, which are here in Boulder where I am right now, they've really had an effect on PTSD amongst the community that I live in. And my house has been used as a place to come both times. And again, I'm giving it to someone that just lost three homes in Christmas. So to your point, I want to oh, just echo wow. what you said. If I'm going to have a child, first of all, think about that. Like, it's not just like there's the schooling, the food, the educational process, the way we'll go to graduate. It's it's going to be so, you will not recognize. If you listen to the first podcast that Jeff and I did, Jeff is a walking genius. He's an Aquarius. I'd love to see, oh my God, his human design. He is, I never met anybody (laughs) like him. Oh my God, I bet you that's why we liked each other. I bet you he's got the genius thing, the the goofy, the freaky thing. Oh my gosh. I'm going to have you look at it. Anyways, (laughs) that first first interview, um, and then he talked a lot about this fact that the temperatures are going to go up because he's also, you know, this child thing is in his consciousness. And then there's another interview with a man named Clee Irwin who had a visit. He was a pure scientist. I'd love to see. I, I think I collect with these weird people. I think I collect these very intense, <laughs> I'm sure of it. He literally made hundreds of millions of dollars as a supplement scientist, like he designed. And then one day his future self came to see him and gave him a direction of what he was going to do wow. next, which was to answer this question, ready? What is reality? So he took all of his millions and gathered 10 physicists for the last 
15 years and they have been in this process and he talks about the quality of this reality not being he's in the future because i think what i heard you saying dana was if we're preparing in 2027 for an alteration of this reality and we're changing the matrix it's only going to get better but the interim these next seven years you guys emotional stability to not misinterpret something's wrong it's like watching a woman give birth if yes. you watched a woman give birth and you would never seen it before you'd be like get that thing off her cut that thing off her like when she started throwing up when she started right. throwing up you'd be like this is all wrong this woman needs to be like you would i don't even know what you but if you had the long view and you knew at the yeah. end the little eyelashes were coming out and the little lips and the little and the little poop machine was going to work you'd be like don't cut that <laughs> just let her cry let her scream wow, this is part of the process so silly this is what it's going to sound like. That's you're going to so get true. so stressed. You're going to feel like you're high blood pressure and you've got you know, sadness and then you've got anxiety and you need pills. No, she's screaming because we're in transition. And that's exactly what's happening right yeah. now. Yeah. Wow, wow, that is so true. It's birth is messy and death is messy. Transition is powerful and sacred and beautiful and, and needed and necessary wisdom. and messy. Yeah. Yeah, wow. that emotional part of teeter-tottering between despair and ecstasy, kind of, and being not labeling one as better or worse is really needed because it's so easy to say this despair is bad. What can I do to fix it? What can I do to not feel it? What can I do to avoid it? But saying this despair is... Here the evidence that and we're I'm in feeling transition. It, and I'm allowing yes. myself to feel it. Yes. And that's by acceptance of that and not labeling it as bad, but allowing yourself to feel it and have emotional intelligence. That is what allows it to teeter totter back to that ecstasy and joy. Whereas if we fight it and we ignore it, we actually keep ourselves on that side of the teeter totter. And so it's really knowing like, okay, I'm here to, this is meant to be a wave. I'm not meant to hold on and identify or avoid and keep myself stuck in place. I'm meant to transform. I'm meant to change. And it's only through this acceptance, true acceptance without that labeling um, that I can do so. So I just, it's mm. all in your human design chart, which is freaking amazing to us, but it's all of the different examples that you're giving is just so helpful because yeah that you, birth have you have I either mean, of you even ever going been in into birth ourselves have you ever gone in a room and been with a woman no. who's giving birth we've we've no. been in the room with people who have died and that transition of birthing into death mm -hmm. um yeah yeah very 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 but we have not been there for yep yeah that that was both of us uh, experienced our dad's passing away. And when I was in the room with my dad as he was passing, I felt this feeling of almost like, you know, I'm his daughter, but I felt this shift of now I'm his mother kind of helping him pass into, and he's just this baby, you know, passing and transitioning into that next chapter. And it was so, such an awakening moment for me. I was like, oh my gosh, death is birth. And like, so I kind of feel in a certain way, um, very connected to birth through that experience, even though I haven't given birth and I haven't been in the room with a birth. Yeah. That is so, Same. this is such <laughs> holy conversation to talk about death and birth, to talk about being in the room, to talk about being awake as mother earth starts to shake us off. Cause she's going to shake us off. She can't continue with 7.8 billion. I don't know. Will I leave? Yeah. I don't know. The point of the story is the wisdom keepers who can hold steady Lean in is what I always say. I, Whatever my human design says, I feel like this life and all of the stress of the rejection or the attack that people have had or the deaths that I've had with my own family, all of it has been a stalking device to see if I could be trustworthy to be a divine entity as a human being that says, I love you, life. I'll do anything for you. I'm all yours. Take me. So if you want me to learn emotional wisdom and how to ride waves, and come back to center, I'll practice it every day. If you want me to learn about friendship and how to hold hands with my best girlfriend who I talk to every day for 30 years, I have one, I told you guys that, I will call her every, I, like you got me. I'm like the soldier, I'm like, okay life. And if you guys take on this attitude that I'm representing, which is 
devotion, absolute, I'm in love. I don't even wish, I wish I wasn't so in love. Because why do I have to love the sad part? Mm. Yeah. But I've learned no, to provoke us all to do the same. <laughs> yeah. 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 You were even, you know, when you were talking about uh, being the full spectrum of yourself has caused fights with you and people or not, not on purpose, but a big part of your energy is here to provoke people and the people who are provoked in a positive way, like meeting you, they like us, we're so moved by you. We're so initiated by you. We're so inspired by the things that you have to say. That's a huge part of what you're here to do. Um, there's going to be other people that are provoked by you, but they're not ready to be provoked or that, you know, it's triggering something that they're they not ready to like see it. within themselves. Right. It just doesn't feel good for them because they're not ready to see it. They're not ready to go there. They're not ready to change, et cetera. So your job really is to constantly provoke people and come from a place of your truth and your heart and that love that you feel for that full spectrum of life. And for the people who are really meant to be provoked by you, I'm so grateful that they get to hear you. And listen, I'm so grateful that you're on the show provoking us because we're both like shook right now (laughs) in such a good way. And you know what you're talking about with this, with this love for life, like this profound, moving, like soul-stirring love that you have for life. I think that that's another really important thing that people can cultivate. Like I've had these moments in my life where I'm looking out at the ocean and I just feel like if only people knew that this is God, that this (laughs) is source energy, that this is you, us, me, all of it. Like if only people knew or you're looking at a tree and I think if only people knew that this was sacred love. And I think the fact that we're so disconnected from that is the cause of our apathy towards our environment. It's the cause of our apathy towards the suffering of animals or of other people who are already losing their habitat or climate right now in this moment. You know, a lot of us in in the United States haven't been too affected yet, except for fires, losing people's houses, things like that. I think so many people, they turn on the water faucet and water comes out and they're like, we're fine. They're not seeing the deeper things like you were saying with the ocean and the coral, we don't care because we haven't seen it. It's not in our home. It's not something that we're dealing with. So honing that love that you have for all of life and seeing all of life as sacred and having these conversations, I definitely think that that's also one of the most important things that we can do and to share those conversations and allow them to be a source of education for people. I think that's also so important. Well, that's why you have yeah. your podcast. And that's why I'm starting the I Don't mm-hmm. Believe in Astrology podcast. This is why I'm doing the keynote in this wonderful event called Hanuman Festival. Every chance we get, to your point, to be able to, to, it's literally what you guys are doing with human design or astrology is we're lifting up the frequency because we've got to come off planet. Because what if you can if you can start to turn your observer on, let's do it again, and you become aware and you live in that peaceful, I call it Switzerland, where every, no drama, no arguing about who's going to win the war. Just sit right here with me. Be neutral. If that becomes the landing pad that no matter what this life hands me. Now, that's not to say you bypass and you skip over the sad or the anger. I love anger. I get loud sometimes. I like it. You can't bypass the human. It's just the question is how fast can you get home? So you ride the wave, you ride the wave, your person pissed you off, the job is not exactly what you wanted, you wish that you had a relationship, you can't stand what's his name, you're gaining weight. I mean, there's a million trillion stories. I love the human dilemma. I love the human dimension. I'm so nosy. I have a program called Tell Me a Story. Do you guys know about that program called Tell Me a Story? I have a course once a month. Yeah, I saw it. it, Right. That's what that's Mm -hmm. where I'm going after this. And we have 10 people in the room and they all tell me their story. It's kind of like, why do I love listening to those stories so much? It's the human. It's the victory of the human who gets pushed down and they come back up. And that's the exercise of evolution. And that's why you're alive. You are alive to define (laughs) your unique. This is human design. Define your unique expression accelerate, amplify it, open it up. If you're looking at my chart laughing, I'm a full on expression of this human, my uniqueness. And then I ask you to do the same. Now you might not be a Deborah Silverman (laughs) lookalike. You might not want to talk like me, or you might not do human design to the level these two women are obviously deeply studying it. However, 
you might be really good at doing the dishes, taking care of the kids and taking out the garbage. I'm not. So take take advantage of Me those neither. skill sets that you take for granted. Some people are so good at gardening. And they love to make yeah. the porridge in the morning and do the dish. I'm like, I just like to watch them and go, I wish I could feel that calm. You judge that. They judge themselves and they those are earth people. I'm too simple. I'm kind of boring. I could never talk like them. That is exactly what a tree doesn't say. Like, of course, you're going to stay there and be stable and be delicious and be rock solid. Thank you, tree. You're not a bird. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, permission to find so your unique style through human design, permission to find your style, commit to it, fall in love with it. Don't do everything you can to judge it first before you meet human design and then stop judging it once you meet the astrology. Reduce the judgment, become truth to yourself, and then fall in love with what's his name that you married because he's just waiting for you to accept him. Hmm. Mm. Yes. Beautiful. I'm so grateful for this conversation. I'm so grateful for you and your wisdom and your truth bombs. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful that you don't edit your voice at mm -hmm. all because <laughs> that is not your life. And we all get to benefit from that. So thanks for provoking us. Um, mm -hmm. Where, so what are you excited about right now? Other, if we haven't <laughs> talked about it already and where can people connect with all of your many different offerings? You know, twice a year we have a school that I want you guys to take. It's a very simple six-week class with 10 people in a room where your chart comes up and they study you. So it's in Come Study mm. You is the name of our platform. It's really about you. So there's an astrology class. It happens in September and it happens in January. So there's one. And that's, to me, the most important thing besides human design that you could do is really discern the uniqueness of your character and the timing because astrology is all about timing and then of course we have i'm teaching a class on tarot <gasps> i'm teaching did you know that my first time ever when is it no i don't know i think it's in uh in june it's in june i'm teaching a class on tarot you think i would know these things yes here it is june 15th it's and a it's is that like, online? i want to say yeah, it's like two ninety nine. It's going to be coming out soon to your neighborhood, and it's doing tarot with astrology, because nobody knows this. Out of the tarot deck, there's twenty two major arcana. Everybody knows there's the you know the death card and the lovers, and there's ten that were put aside for the planets, and twelve that are the twelve signs. So in the fifteenth century, when they designed the tarot deck. They knew that Pluto would be the death card, and they put that in the deck, even though we found it in nineteen thirty. Go figure. So that system, wow. the Tarot, is ancient and rich, and I teach it with my heart. And I haven't done this in like I want to say thirty years. So it's the it's the story of the evolution. <clears throat> the Tarot, the the major arcana starts with the fool. Like you have to be an idiot to come here. Excuse me. I mean I don't want to be insulting, but the first card's called the fool. <laughs> like you come onto this planet, you're like, and, the, and yeah. the fool's jumping off a cliff like an idiot. And then the first card that he lands on, ready? is the high priestess and she says, shh, let's all sit in a temple. It's the very first card. A woman, the female principal says, be quiet and listen so I can remind you why you jumped off that cliff. And then the next card is the magician who has all four elements sitting on his table because without understanding the four elements, you will not do magic here. And then it goes on, I will leave the rest. But that's what I'm teaching. I got wow. so excited. <clears throat> yeah, me too. I have goosebumps on my legs just hearing that. Okay, we could That's do a whole so cool. uh, podcast on the tarot. <laughs> I do that for you. I like you girls so much. Yeah. I don't really like, I don't, this is unusual because <laughs> because usually people ask the silliest questions on podcasts that make me kind of fiery. I insulted someone recently. <laughs> I, was like, well, I was like, is, is that really your first question? How did I meet astrology? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I have to tell you, we feel so um, just inspired by meeting you. You are so cool. We admire well, the work that you Well, I think we're on the same street, so much. the three of us. I think we're all yeah, three on the same I think street. We are. We're doing exactly the same thing. 
We got the yeah, same. Yeah. So, and home we o- are so always so grateful to meet, you know, people who expand us, like us getting to witness you and all the things that you've created and the way that you teach, the way that you are so embodying your uniqueness. It's like delicious to watch. And mm-hmm. it expands us to get to meet women who have, you know, paved this incredible path. So thank honestly, you. Thank, thank you so much for coming on here and sharing your gifts with us. Like I'm trying to think of how I can book my ticket to come to Colorado go to the Hanuman Yoga Festival yeah, already. Yeah, let's, um, let's do a human so. design. We're, yeah, you can, because that would be such a compliment because of the seven-year cycle you just talked about. And I am a timekeeper, so I've got to go. Yeah, but yeah. that's very, I'd love yeah. to have you guys come. We're going to do a separate meeting. Obviously, Hanuman is yoga, and it's farm to table. Yeah. It's on a farm. So all the food will be brought to us. And then there'll be a special class on the astrology. And I would include human design. I Listen, my students would love to learn from you. Mm, love it. I would love that. Amazing. Love and that. Last thing to say before we go, your cross of incarnation, which is your life purpose in human design, is all about the new paradigm happening in 2027. So yes. we haven't even talked about this yet, but you are literally, in our opinion, someone who's here to usher in a new earth in this exact unfolding, oh in God, this exact timing. And your that's embodiment exactly of do. yourself is yeah. So w- yes. like, that's kind of a big thing to just end it on, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for being here. We're going to put so many links in the show notes, all of the different people you've talked about, the different, um, documentaries that people can watch. Of course, the link to your book, the link to all of your different offerings that you're doing. We're super excited for our listeners to be able to follow you and to continue to learn from you, but thank you so much for sharing this conversation with us today. It was really inspiring. Wow. We absolutely loved this conversation and we hope that you did as well. We hope that at the end here, you are feeling inspired to do the inner work that you are empowered to do to really make this shift and to help be the usher of the new paradigm that you really are here to be and that we all are here to be together. So um, after this conversation, we are leaving with a heart full of love and really wanting to connect with you all and talk about this together and continue this conversation. So as always, you know where to find us and how to contact us. Um, our Instagram is at dayluna. Our website is daylunalife.com. That's where you can connect with us, send us an email, check out all of our many different offerings. Um, we have our human design reader training online program that is officially live on our website. If you are feeling called to lead this new paradigm and to navigate, um, having this expansion in our emotional maturity and in our spiritual maturity by using human design. And thank you so much for being a part of this conversation. We are truly grateful to have been able to connect with you in this way today.